Perry, your host. Very excited to be here. I'm going to be reading some promises just to catch you up on it. I've been uh, exercising. I've been away because I've been walking and knocked off a couple of pounds and the pounds don't want to go away. And eating, uh, drinking green smoothies in the morning and the evening and one meal a day, but still have the Battle of the Bulge at 68 years old is seems to be winning. <laughs> so I got to keep at it. I think I lose 0.1 at a time of a pound. So that's progress. As long as the scale doesn't go the other way. And I'll keep... Uh, I'm at 171.7 right now. So please keep rooting for me. That's how much weight. I should be about 145, 150 for my size and height and frame. And so let's keep on doing the right things. And by what the word of God will help us. You know, there's a lot of material I can read, a lot of good things. But I'm very joyful, very happy. Uh, I heard a person speaker say, I love my life. I love my life. I love my life. When we have a system that's working for us, it's remarkable. I had a, I've been giving away toys I see in the street, get them, clean them up, wash them up, especially doll houses and jumpers and slides and stuff, and I'll put them up for free. And then some people come from Pasadena or different places. This lady came and she wanted to get the doll house as a decoration for wood doll house for her sister. And I sensed her, her heart was heavy, um, and I started talking to her. She was, uh, she started telling me about her mom and the heaviness of taking care of her mom, losing her house over drinking and stuff. It was a black lady, and uh, I said, come on, let's sit right here and let's talk. Just talk to a stranger and tell me what's going on. And uh, she just mentioned a few things, she didn't get into it. And she, her eyes really got red, and, I, and she goes, yeah, it's my fault, I... I go, well, you're ready for a miracle. Can't go any lower. Now it's time to spring up. You need a hero to come down there and pick you up in your arms. And I told her, this will never be a problem again. Your feelings will never be a problem again. You know, from here you rise up and you go forward. Every time you hit a wall, I want you to talk to the wall. You know, your feelings, a bill, your emotions, something you've done in the past. Say, I thank God I'm a misfit. I thank God I missed the right choice. And, she, and she, can you say it? I asked her. She was teary-eyed. She goes, I thank God I'm a misfit. I can't hear you. I thank God I'm a misfit. A little louder, please. And then she said it. I thank God I'm a misfit. And boom, back into reality and consciousness that I am valuable. I have a God that works for me. And uh, we put a rubber band around around her wrist. The wife and I, she came out and we prayed for her and sent her off with a book, Prison of Praise, about thanking God for the problem. By the way, the movie is on YouTube. It's for free. We buy those books by the thousands and give them away. I got about 500 or 400 left before I buy another thousand and give them out. It's about talks about when you hit the wall, thank God, and get out of the way. He wants to fix your health, our finances, our wisdom. 
He wants to help our love. We want to be in love. With, he wants to fix our joy, our laughter, our strength. He wants to fix our mercifulness unto others. He wants to fix that the God that we serve, mighty creator, is not proud or ego-minded or we don't have to qualify. We just we qualify as human beings already. We're here on a mission, folks. Happy and good days to those who, who acknowledge God by this method. I thank God I missed it. I thank God I missed it. As soon as you say that, he'll revert you to something good, equivalent, better, or continue to, to clean and take away the old scars and hurts that have been stuck for years. I thank God I did it because now I can say I thank God I'm a misfit. That's most of us, that's what we have to say. I thank God I drank it, I screwed it, I lied, I cheated, I stole it, I connived it, I treason, mutiny on the bounty. You know, that's our fallen nature. And God forgives us for that. See, God gives us an equivalent. And, it, and the door is humility, humbleness. If I can't say that, then I can't be humble. Pride, ego keeps me from saying, I thank God I'm a misfit. Woohoo! Just like this alcoholic drug addict, I, he said, I want me to sponsor him. And he got all red on his neck and his clenched his fist. And how dare you? I can hear his thoughts. And then he said it. He wanted my help. He wanted me to sponsor him. He said, I thank God I'm a misfit. And then loosened up. And loosened up. And then by the third time he said it, he came to. He came to his senses. He came to relax. He's just a human being. And a human being that just shed off pride, ego, contamination, self-sufficiency. Those things that hurt a person's life. Love you guys. Okay, here we go. I promise I'm going to read some powerful, powerful scriptures for us to consider, to put in our tea and drink it. How can I understand the power of my thoughts and words? This is from chapter 4 from a book called God's Promises for Your Life. By okay, God's Promises for Your Life, the Word of God. On page... Chapter 4 says, Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as we think in our hearts, so are we. So when we need help and we think in our heart, we say, I thank God I'm a misfit. I thank God I missed the calling, the point, the person, the true love. I thank God I missed my true love. I thank God I missed my opportunities. Then we have God's help. So God, we are helped by God. You ever see someone being moved and helped by God? The hand of God being in there? That's how they get it. That's how they get it. You see a powerful hand of mercy, kindness, and good prosperity and success moving in that person's life. How do they get it? <laughs> this way. Getting on their knees and saying, I thank you, God, I'm a misfit. Hallelujah. 
Best thing that ever happened to me. I missed it. Ephesians 4.23 says, And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Shit. Amplified Bible. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind by shedding off the, the flesh, the ego, the pride, the things, hello, that what doesn't work. You've been going on that road for years and years. Let's switch it over to power, guys. Let's turn on the afterburners, man. Having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Thanking God you're free. You're free to imagine good things. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I'd rather say, I thank God I'm a misfit, rather than say, it's killing me. You're killing me. What a sad fear of a human being that says those kind of things to their own selves, to belittle themselves and to and to put a little poison in their system when they say that. And you can tell if you trace that thought, it comes from the evil one. The evil one whispers it in your soul and wants to put it in there like a virus. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. <coughs> the Message Bible, Proverbs 18.21. Listen, folks. This is reality. This is why people get sick. There are two things. Their words and their unforgiveness. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. We are made in the image of God, like it or not. We are, we are in the positive, we're on the good side. So choose good. Say, I choose to be good for the rest of my life. Every minute of my life, I choose to do good. I choose to, to give good thoughts. I choose to give mercy, kindness, and forgiveness. One step at a time, one thank at a time. All is well. Proverbs 12, 18. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. NIV. Proverbs 12, 18, folks. Now, this is a 3,500-year-old uh, proverb here from King Solomon. The reason it lasted so long because it's truth. People and medical, and it's been proven that this is the truth, folks. Reckless words pierce like a sword. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. If you don't have any wisdom, say, I thank God I'm a misfit. <laughs> Mark 11, 23, 24. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain your problem, go, throw yourself into the sea. I thank God I, I, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the words that he said, they shall happen. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it will be yours. That's a tough one for us to get our mind around it. But simplify it. Is Thank God you're a misfit, and imagine good things with joy. Okay, Imagine good things with joy. Automobiles. It's okay. Prosperity is fine. It's part of the package. 
Health is fine. Youthfulness. Imagine yourself youthful. Imagine yourself walking down the street completely uh, shed of pounds, completely prosperous and strong, praising God, thanking Him, good toned skin. Imagine yourself doing that before you take off. Matthew 15, 10 and 11 to, and 16 and 20 says, Then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It is not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Amen. We are defiled by the twisted will that we that the enemy has taught us to say wrong things. That's how we're just, the devil has defiled us by whispering into our heart to say evil words, cuss, and, and act like we're the big shot, the big man, by cussing and being angry so we can have respect. You ever see a person uh, criticize, condemn for, for respect? I don't like that. We are in no position to like or dislike situations. We're made in God's image. Suit yourself then. You are defiled. Suit yourself with good words. Suit yourself with the glory of God. Suit yourself with the kindness and the goodness of God. You are defiled or you are amplified by good works, by the words that come out of your mouth. We are amplified. There was a guy who wrote the book in 1939, Think and Grow Rich, millions and millions of copies. And he has a formula that creates desire in it. And you memorize it, and you're supposed to say it all day long. And you know what the formula says in it? It says, part of it, it says, I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, and cynicism by developing a love for all humanity. Because I know that a negative attitude towards others can never, never bring me success. Now this cat, Napoleon Hill, he was hired by Carnegie or some steel uh, conglomerate, some president. And this, they send him on a 20-year mission to interview Henry Ford, Rockefeller, Firestone, Colgate, uh, all these guys that have businesses going Morgan, you know, uh, the cheese guys, Kraft, all these people, maybe even Tesla, about Edison, about what makes a person, they found out that the people have big hearts and big love for people. Benjamin Franklin didn't want any uh, patents. He wanted any, any kind of uh, good thing. It was for the public. It was to be distributed without putting a patent on it. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for coming in here today. I'm being long-winded. Remember, reckless words pierce like a sword. Can you imagine taking a knife and piercing your own self? Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, pin knife by saying it's killing me. Yeah, Fernando, those are just words. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. How about I'm always winning the lottery. I always win. I am fun to be with. Good things are happening today. I'm expecting 25 tons of gold. You know, that's a little bit out there. 
I am expecting a truckload of blessings. Something good is going to happen today. You know, there's an incredible amount of songs that sing like that. The Spears. Something good is going to happen today. Um, Andy Griffith has a, has a beautiful song. God was going to take care of you. Okay, I'll give you one more scripture. Mark 11. Okay, I read that one already. It says, Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Philippians 4, 8. Remember, we have chosen to be good, and these are the qualities of good. We choose to get our carriage, our horses, we turn them into true, true, honorable, and right, and pure situations, and lovely, admirable, and praise these things. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and smile on you. This next three days, may the glory of God come upon you and make a difference in your life. When you, when you start saying, I thank God I'm a misfit, and relax and wait and see what God can do. Adios, hermanos. Jesus warned the religious leaders. When Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the scriptures. So practice and obey whatever they say to you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush you with impossible religious demands and never lift a finger to help ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scriptures verses inside and they wear extra long tassels on their robes and how they love to sit on the head of table of banquets and in the most prominent seats of the synagogue. They enjoy the attention they get on the streets and they enjoy being called rabbi. Don't ever let anyone call you rabbi for you have only one teacher and all of you are on the same level as brothers and sisters. And don't address anyone here on earth as father for only God in heaven is your spiritual father. And don't let anyone call you master for there's only one master, the Messiah. The greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. How terrible it would be for your, you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees hypocrites, for you won't let others enter the kingdom of heaven, and you won't go in yourself. Yes, how terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, for you then, you turn him into twice the son of hell as yourself are. Blind guides, how terrible it will be for you, for you say that it means nothing to 
swear by God's temple, and you can break the oath, but then you say that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred. Then you say that you take an oath by the altar can, can be broken, but to swear by the gifts of the altar is binding. How blind for which is greater, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred. When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and by everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income, but you ignore the important things of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but you should not leave undone the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so you will accidentally swallow a gnat. Then you swallow a camel. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup, and then the outside will become clean too. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but fill on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. You try to look like upright people outwardly, but inside your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. How terrible it would be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed and decorate the graves of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, we never would have joined them in killing the prophets. In saying that, you are accusing yourself of being the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead, finish what they started. Snakes, son of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? I will send you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law. You will kill some by crucifixion and whip others in your synagogues, chasing them from your city to city. As a result, you will become guilty of murdering all the godly people from righteous Abel to Zechariah, son of Barakiah, whom you murder in the temple between the altar and the sanctuary. I assure you, all the accumulated judgment of the centuries will break upon the heads of this very generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather you, your children, together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is left to you, empty and desolated, for I tell you this, you will never see me again 
until you say, Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Chapter 23. The Pharisees and Jewish leaders are a classic example of people who live by a double standard. They made the standards of behavior for others impossible and difficult, but they failed to keep those stipulations themselves in spite of their shortcomings. They demanded to be called by distinguished titles. They did not realize that true greatness begins with humility and is proven by a willingness to help others. The Pharisees' pride kept them from seeing their true need for God. As a result of the hypocritical behavior, Jesus pronounced judgment on all the spiritually blind religious leaders. Their external rhetoric and ritualism were made sham, all show with no inner reality. Such people cause great pain to others and themselves. However, there is hope for everyone, even hypocrites. Both Joseph of Arimathea's and Nicodemus, once numbered with the hypocrites, eventually found new life through belief in Jesus. If we search for Jesus, we will find him. And if we have been hypocrites, we will change. He will change us, making us, our faith, genuine. Jesus did not let us know when the final redemption of this evil world will come in, in chapter 24. In the meantime, we are to make good use of our time here daily, conforming our lives to God's will. Not one of us has arrived, so we need to constantly strive to imitate Christ. Praising the Lord, worshiping Him, giving thanks unto the Lord, singing songs unto the Lord, praying for the body of Jesus Christ, proclaiming His promises. Amen. The word of the Lord stands forever. Blessed be the Lord God, who gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen.